Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see, where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty Divine Creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the Mother, and the Child. Amen. Mut Kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. Good morning, Queens and Kings. Life's beginning at 60. So if you think life begins at 30, 40. Good morning, Queens and Kings. Life's beginning at 60. So if you think life begins at 30, 40, or 50, you haven't seen anything until you turn 60. Adult children and emptiness is a whole different side of life. First, you have to downsize your cooking quantities. Next, you have to realize you don't have to look for or pay a sitter when you go out. But you have to realize your children will be looking for you or have a tracking device on you because you will be blessed to have the opportunity to travel around more, especially if you have retired. We start to look at life differently and say things with wisdom. Most of us start to listen differently because we can hear and understand differently. We also realize we have more life behind us than we have in front of us. We also start to notice life is so much more valuable than it was when we were younger. Those things that were so important might not be important anymore. Being able to see through a different lens is what 60 is all about. Our respect level is different. And for the most part, our my place on the family tree has changed every day, minute, and moment is valuable when I think about family. Loving on each one because of who they are is the most valuable time we have. Yes, unconditional love is where you have learned to be. So if you think you got it all together at 60, well, guess again, there is so much more to learn about life beginning at 60 years of age. And yes, you should also Look in the mirror and see what really matters. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4:32. Be blessed and happy Sunday to all. Greetings, beautiful people. Well, we switched it up on you today. Um, not necessarily on purpose, but decided to go ahead and roll with it. 
Thank you, Ms. Sandra, for that moment of power. As she mentioned, today we are here to discuss life beginning at 60. And it's a great topic. Um, Our guest host, Tracy Newman, has chosen to join us and share with us her wisdom on how new experiences in life can begin at any age. If you'd like to join the discussion today, dial in to 929-477-2476 and press 1 to join the discussion. So welcome to our show, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. You can hear me fine, right? Yeah, I sure can. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. I'm excited that I I did the right thing. I can't believe I did this right. So, you know, because I thought I'm calling on the same number, so it's strange, you know, but it works. (laughs) Good morning. Yes, yes. Greetings. Greetings, Tracy. Thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Tracy. Okay. Um, well, uh, I think that the reason that uh, I'm being interviewed really has to do with the fact that I, I had a, a television career um, for about 20 years. And when I turned 62, I had created my own show. It was the show According to Jim with Jim Belushi. Um, I had created it with my writing partner and... <laughs> Um, when I turned 62, I, I just thought, what, what do I want to be remembered for? And do, is this how I want to spend the rest of my life? You know, um, sort of my vital years. Do I want to be sitting in a room all day with writers and, and writing a, a, a situation comedy? Because all along I had also been playing the guitar and singing, singing, you know, and writing songs, um, and writing songs for children. And I started thinking about the audience of children and how that's maybe the most important audience out there. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, well, you know, why don't I leave television and start singing and playing guitar again, which is sort of what I had been doing when I was in my 20s. And I thought, you know, everybody thought I was crazy, of course, because, you know, my show was successful and, you know, it stayed on the air as it turned out for, uh, you know, it, it, it was in production for 20, uh, for eight seasons. And I left in the end of the second season. So that was, people thought I was crazy, you know, to go play in, in, in sort of uh, folk, you know, folk music rooms uh, where there were 10 people in the audience and a dog, you know, I mean, really it was, <laughs> it was a big decision. Um, but, I was so happy, you know, I, when I left, uh, when I left television and uh, I never really looked back and I didn't think in terms, like when you're younger, you think in terms of getting somewhere, you know, mm. you, you're, you have such a, your goals are so uh, far away, you know, they're such big things. Whereas when you're 62, I really just wanted to be able to play and sing well and uh, be up there on stage and do a few songs. You know, I, I didn't have any big goals, really, just to do it, to do what, what it was I wanted to do. So that's sort of, I think, why I was invited to be on the show, because, um, you know, I left a successful career and started, uh, uh, you know, what, would, what could possibly be an unsuccessful career <laughs> at 62. 
And mm. I don't know, I guess my feeling, my, do you have any questions so far? Because I, I feel like I'm doing all the talking. That's okay. That's okay. Um, first off, um, we love, according to Jim, like here, <laughs> Queen Stand Up. Yes, yes. And one of our community members, she just shared with us that it was one of her favorite shows. Oh, I'm um, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really good show. Really good show. It, You're an amazing fun, writer. You know, uh, well, thank you so much. I mean, I had a, I, I was very fortunate at, uh, when I was 46, I got my first job writing television, which was already pretty unusual because, you know, it, it's a, writing television comedy is uh, especially back then in the early 90s and before that 80s was um you know being a woman you know you fulfilled their quota to be yeah. to be on a staff of uh you know and not only that to be 46 years old and a woman I was my first show was cheers um and I became a staff oh. writer on cheers and it was like you know uh People thought that was crazy, too. They thought, you know, what are you trying to do? But I just started, you know, I wanted to write television. I started writing spec scripts on spec for no money, sending them around, getting an agent. And it took a couple of years and a lot of spec mm-hmm. scripts, but I finally got hired. I had a writing partner, too, which was a, a good idea. because What is spec yeah, scripts? Uh, on speculation, in other, in other words, you... You choose a show that you think you can write and that you like, and uh, you write a script for it. You learn how to write one of the scripts, and you uh, you don't usually send it to that show because I think there's legal problems with that. You know, they could be accused of stealing your idea, that kind of thing. So you send okay. it to another show, and um, that's that's your writing sample. It's called a spec script. Oh, I mean, I know okay. people who wrote 12, 13, 15 spec scripts before they even got paid any attention to. Wow. You know, and you like said going you started this at age 46? I, I was hired on Cheers, my first writing, my first TV staff job at 46, yeah. Wow. So that was pretty yeah. late in, in the game in terms of age-wise, it, right? Oh. Yeah, it was, and I I like to say that to people because I think it gives a lot of people hope. You know, I think that there are people who think that because they're thirty, they're too it's they're too old to get a staff writing job in television. You know, and it's just not mm. true. Um, mm. The thing that's probably more important than anything, I hate to say it, uh, besides talent, um, you know, you have to be able to do the job, obviously. But it's it's like kind of it really is who you know. You know, they don't have to be um, stars or anything, but they, it's like, you know, meeting people and realizing that any people that you meet in show business in any job can be a person that later on uh, is going to remember you and say, hey, I, you know, I remember that person, she seemed funny or I liked hanging around with her and uh, why don't we bring her in, you know? It's, your relationships yeah. are the most important thing. Because writing absolutely, absolutely. Is a, yeah, writing TV comedy is a social thing. You're in a room with twelve, okay. ten to twelve people, and okay. you're hanging out all day. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you definitely help us to understand the fact that age is really just, it's just a number, you know, and it's more about how you feel about yourself and your ability um, that really um, defines your age for you, where you are with that. So I love that you are an example of that, a very successful example of it. So you're not just blowing smoke and say, oh, you know, age is just a number. No, you have proven it. So you do give people a lot of hope, myself included, uh, in Mm -hmm. relationship to writing. You also, you know, expand the possibilities in terms of being a writer, because often writers just think about writing books, you know, but there are other opportunities in the writing industry that maybe people haven't explored so that's, that's, right. that's a great yeah that's a really great you know, and writing um, writing you know writing television mm-hmm. especially uh comedies most comedies are a half hour on television okay so with commercials and everything that's 22 minutes so you're learning to write a 22 minute story and okay. uh that's a good thing to learn you know it's a valuable thing to learn. And then when I left that to write songs, now I'm going to write a three or four minute story. But, you know, I, this, this, it's like television was a stepping stone in a funny way, you know, to writing songs for me. And, you know, the minute I quit TV, I went and started taking classes. Uh, I had written songs before, you know, before I wrote for television, but, but I hadn't, uh, I hadn't really written it, written them with, with skill and with um, tools, you know. So, mm, okay. So I, I felt I okay. had to take classes just to, you know, learn learn more about writing songs, you know. So when did you start taking your um, songwriting classes? Um, well, I quit, uh, according to Jim, around t- 2002, toward the end of 2002, I think, or 2003, I guess, and uh, went right away to Nashville. <laughs> Or I went oh. to take uh, like a weekend, you know, like songwriting 101 kind of thing okay. for a weekend, a seminar. And then uh, there's a class here in La- I live in Los Angeles, and there's a class here uh, taught by, do you remember the song, That Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady? That no, ain't I'm no sorry. way to treat a lady, no way to treat your baby. I don't know how old you are, but oh. I'm ready. Helen Reddy had a hit with that song in 1975. Um, okay. Anyway, the writer of that song, uh, Harriet Shock, teaches a great songwriting class here in Los Angeles. I think she oh. even teaches online, um, you know, privately online. Um, I mean, through email, I guess, you know, she does that too. Mm. But anyway, I go to occasionally go to her class and, uh, so I did it right away. As soon as I left TV, I started uh, I started okay. taking songwriting classes. Okay. And I've been okay. playing and was it difficult? Was okay. Yeah. So you had oh, yeah. so you yeah. revisited so you also revisited some a childhood um, hobby uh, that you and well, skill I that you had to, developed. Yeah, I I hadn't stopped playing guitar because guitar. You know, when you're writing in television, especially comedy shows, occasionally they need a song, and it, it helps to be a writer on the show and also happen to, you know, be a musician because I would just go into my office and, and write something really quickly for the spot that I knew they needed, and I knew the supervisor, the music supervisor, because I was on the show, 
and I would get the song okay. to him right away and uh, or her, and uh, I would have a really good shot at getting my song in that spot. So I did a lot of songs for Susie also. Oh, okay. I mean, people wonder how to get songs on television, and that's one of mm-hmm. the ways is to be a writer on television. <laughs> you, know, you certainly have your foot in the door. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, who you know? So, you know, it's all about you know strengthening relationships, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the biggest yep. part. It's not about yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. Mhm. No, I'm listening. Oh no, I I was gonna say that uh, there's a improv group out here called the Groundlings. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Um, mm-hmm. But they're like the, the farm company out here for Saturday Night Live and have been for years. People like Melissa McCarthy oh. are from there and Will Ferrell and Lisa Kudrow and Lorraine Newman, who I, you probably, I'm not sure you know, I don't know how old you are, but she's my sister. <laughs> and she was in the first, the first cast of Saturday Night Live with, uh, with John Belushi and uh, Dan Aykroyd and um, Gilda Radner. And, um, you know, so the Groundlings has been like a farm company for Saturday Night Live for many years, for 40 years, more than that, I guess. Oh. And uh, oh. I was a, a, a founding member of the Groundlings. So I've been involved oh. in comedy since like 1972, but in a, I wasn't making any money. You know, I just was okay. uh, part, part of that group and I was a teacher there and a director there. So... I, I kind of learned how to write in the groundlings, kind okay. of by osmosis. I mean, it wasn't. Really I just a class, recently you know. start. I just recently um, found out about improv, and I oh, watched really? the show. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, show did you watch? That's, that's the thing with. Um, it was. I can't. It was on Netflix, but it was a show specifically about improving. It was a group of kids, and they did improvs. Um, and I thought it was so interesting um, mm-hmm. how they how they did the show because, you know, somebody in the audience would have to say something or give them a, a, a little snippet of a topic or whatever, and then they would act it out. Right. And, yeah, and it, it was the weirdest thing. It was just so, I mean, it was, it was um, so funny. But uh-huh. it was just like, wow, like that to me took a lot of skill. It took a lot of. Um, creativity, you know, just going with the flow. Um, and I just thought it was really, it's, it's kind of like um, when you are, you know, doing music, you know, you just on the spot, just come up with the song. It's improv, it's improvisation, right? But I'm like, wow, wow. like how, how, improvisation, right? How were they able to just do that just on the spot like that? It takes a lot of creativity, well, part. you know, there's, there's, if you take classes for improvisation, though, and there's rule, there are rules to follow and guidelines. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't terrifying. It is in front of an audience okay. to be improvising, you know, in front of an audience. Terrifying. In fact, I can't think of anything scarier except maybe, maybe stand up. I guess is, is, you know, might be scarier. I don't know. No, I think improv is scarier because at least with stand up, you usually have a you know, you you a write script. your jokes and you and yeah, you have a script. But with with improv, you're not only do you not have a script, but you have to react 
to other people, so you can't even plan ahead yeah. for one second. You know, right. you have to trust that you'll that you'll say something or do something in response, and you'll be in front of an audience. And I think it's terrifying. Even though I taught it for years and I did it for years, I I always always was terrified. Really, to me, it's like the ultimate risk. You know, it's like running uh, blind through running blind through an alley. Do you recommend yeah, that well, that writers try it? You yeah. Know, when there's okay, okay. I recommend so improv. We, I mean, no matter what town you're in, there's an improv group somewhere. Mm. So you you mentioned you know um, the fear behind it that you're still even though you teach it, right? And you know you you. Um, done it, there still is a level of fear that you experience uh, when engaging in improv. So what do you do with that fear? Like, how do you, you know, channel that fear? Well, you know, I I had a boyfriend uh, once who, a a terrific performer who I'd say, you know, if I had a show, I'd say I'm really scared or I'm nervous. And he'd say, you're not scared and you're not nervous. You're, you're excited. Oh. And I thought that's an interesting mental shift, you know, to to realize if you're standing backstage and you're shaking and you feel like throwing up and you're, you know, you're, you can't think and you're terrified, to think of it, to try to focus on the fact that you're excited rather than scared. I don't know. It doesn't always work. But, you know, sometimes that would work for me. I would think I'm full okay. of energy because I'm excited, you know. Mm. Um, I'm not sure it will always work, but it, it, it is an interesting uh, approach. But, you know, I, I think, um, what do you do with it? Well, you know what it is? It's energy. Right. It's just energy, and, you know, you can right. use it. I, I think the, the, the difficult thing about improv is and being scared is that you have to listen in improv, and probably the first thing, that goes when you're scared is your listening ability. You know how people you'll you can talk to somebody um, when they when you know they're scared and and they don't hear you, they just don't hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, do, I know exactly what you mean. You know you can't you can't improvise if you're not listening. Mm. One of the things that so, I do like is um, I had an experience yesterday actually where. It was like, you, first of all, you have to know when you get scared. Like, you, I guess you kind of really have to build a relationship with your fear and you, the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, and what I mean by that is just, like, becoming aware of when it happens for you. You know, like, being able to name the anxiety and the fear. And so, for yeah. me, a situation happened yesterday. I was actually in front of my class, and I got a little... Um, alarmed by something unexpected. I didn't know something unexpected happened while I was in the class. Um, I, I teach yoga, and I'm on the mat, mm-hmm. and um, something unexpected happened. I got a phone call, and I didn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't answer the phone, but it was an unexpected phone call. It wasn't a phone call that um, I would normally, person that I would normally hear from. So it immediately alarmed me. Why is this person calling me? You know, yeah, so, so it took you out uh, of what you were doing. It did. And, 
And normally I have my phone on quiet, you know, so I can't um, see if anybody calls me or whatever while I'm in class. So when that happened, immediately, like you just said, I felt the energy. So the energy started going through me. But, um, and I tried to just ignore it. I tried to just redirect myself and stay on course with um, the postures that I was doing. We were going through a, a vinyasa sequence, um, which is a continuous mm-hmm. flow of movement, if you're familiar with, uh, with um, yoga. So it's a continuous I, I flow of movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. One breath, one movement. And so it's kind of, it really requires your attention. Um, and the reason that I love doing it is because it, it takes you out of thought. Well, that phone call brought me right back into thought. And it wasn't, you know, the, the best thought that I was having. And I recognized how that thought was bringing up energy. So what I decided to do was just use it and just be honest with my class because they could see, you know, that mm-hmm. I, was, um, I was forgetting, you know, some of the postures. So instead of trying to ignore the fact of what was happening, I just said it. Uh, guys, pardon me. Just give me a moment. I just got a, a call that may be alarming, and it, it kind of distracted me. Let's go ahead and restart the sequence. And that's what I did, and I restarted the and sequence. That's great and yeah. Honesty. Yeah, honesty. <laughs> it was the policy. best thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I thought – think... mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, I think that, that that's, like, one of the best things to do is to use your experience and let people see – be honesty, because I think when we um, put on a facade, like um, we don't experience the natural things that others who are watching us experience, um, then it, we don't make the experience relatable to them. We don't make the lessons that we're teaching relatable to them to be able to apply to their lives. So for me, I felt like at that moment, and one of the students um she definitely agreed at the end she confirmed it for me because she said to me you know like I love how you you know you got you were on the mat and you got distracted but you were able to center yourself that you really gave me a great example of how yoga can be applied to my everyday life and Mm -hmm. so that was a powerful moment for me in that you know in that instance because I'm always telling the students that you, I want that what you do on the yoga mat is really great, but what's really great about it is how you're able to apply it to your everyday life, right? So we're here right. practicing, but you need to make it applicable. So, you know, yeah, I said all and that you know, to if say, you're, yeah, go, mm-hmm. if, if you're in an improv though, you know, you're on stage, you're, you're scared, right? And you get on stage scared, and you're mm-hmm. dealing with other people, um, it, you. You can only maybe sometimes you could say I'm I'm nervous you know or whatever you could say something but you what you really have to do is take the energy and 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 focus the energy on listening and I don't know I mean I think it's a really hard thing to do I taught it because I kind of understood that and I was very good at helping other people overcome that but when it came to me as an improviser I never really worked with a teacher who focused on that and one one of the tricks though is to be afraid of a character on stage with you mm. to shift to shift the energy and and to uh, treat it like this person is making me nervous or this person scares me you know and to be able to play with that 
to, to be mm. scared of somebody on stage, you know, because, you know, mm-hmm. because everything is being made up as you go along anyway, and you don't, you know, the, who who somebody is, is isn't established until a few minutes or moments anyway into the scene, and you can establish who you are and your relationship with the other people by using fear. Um but you know you you need Absolutely. to have the presence Absolutely. of you need the presence of mind to do it, and I I understand though that some people were sometimes you're just so scared up there in improv that you you know you can't listen. Some people just get paralyzed. I, mean, I really, like it's the worth idea trying. of focusing. <laughs> I, I like the idea of focusing on listening um, because, and 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 I feel like you can do that if you practice it better. You so do, I feel like yep. you can do it if you can practice it better. So um, I, I think that that's the key to all of this is, you know, like to, to, to life in general, like you, you have to practice when it doesn't count so much for you too, you know? That's such so a good point. You, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Cause really then you can channel that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and one of the things that I heard from you, too, is, is while improv is scary because there is no script, that's also what makes it so much uh, more flexible because there is no script. So if you get scared on stage, you can totally be like, use that, like, ah, ha, ha, I'm scared out of my mind yeah. about what you're doing. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you and can immediately apply it to Right, you can you can apply it to you can focus that on somebody on stage with you and just and realize you know I'm gonna just everything she says to me I'm gonna be scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, until you're not, you know, until until, until you're, you're not. not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because then you're actually diminishing the power, you know, right. that it has over you. You really are. Which is so cool. Yeah, it's but, so but, cool. You know, it's just a matter of a. It's like anything, though. It's like what you're saying. You have to practice listening in life, you know, and you practice listening on stage. And yeah, after a while, it's just experience and the amount of time you're up there. And it's experience that takes a lot of the fear away. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't mean it really goes. I mean, I I knew I, I can count on my hands, one hand maybe, the amount of people that I worked with over the years and I'm talking about some big stars that are, you know, that, that were great improvisers on, I can count on one hand, the ones who weren't scared. Like mm. there was, there was a guy, Phil Hartman, who was, um, um, sadly he, he, he was murdered in the nineties by his wife. I mean, okay. that's, that was a big story, but, he was on Saturday Night Live for a number of years, and, and he was in the Groundlings for a number of years, and he was the, one of the only improvisers I ever saw that wasn't scared. He was clearly excited before he went on stage. I mean, the difference was visible. You could tell that, you know, you could be standing next to somebody who was scared, and he was energetic and filled with excitement and uh, just mm. never was scared. And I, 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 I wondered at that. I just couldn't. I, I was so blown away by that. <laughs> he was just a natural at it. I can relate to that. He was just yeah, um, comfortable yeah. on stage. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I'm totally um, more comfortable in front of an audience. <laughs> well, than I'm a one-on-one person. Once I'm up there, it's weird. 
But are you but are you always comfortable right before you go up though? You know? I yeah, mean, I don't have any in, I don't really have any scared. No, I I don't have any inhibitions about it. Um I think I've always just That's a wonderful liked being quality. On stage. Yeah, yeah. That's a wonderful um, quality. But again, too, it also depends on what I'm going to do on stage. Let let let's be clear yeah. about that. If I feel like you know, again, it's about the practice. If it's something that I feel very confident about within myself, like teaching yoga, um, mm-hmm. or speaking about something like that I've experienced in life and been successful with, like I also do a couple other different types of classes that are related to um, health, health coaching and things of that nature. So I've, I'm, these things I've been born to do, I've been talking about them my whole life. So there's no there's no nervous energy. I feel like I'm just getting up there and I'm just telling a story about who Mm -hmm. I am. So I know who I am. I know what I do. So I don't really get nervous about that, but maybe um, if there's something that like, if, if I have like a, um, a scar in an area um, like singing, for example, I love to sing, but I also have a scar about singing. You know, um, you mean an somebody, emotional somebody scar. Put you down when you were younger. You mean? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I have that. So I don't like now that I was. I feel a little. I feel really nervous, and I don't sing my best when I'm in front of an audience. So well, um, I mean, you know, obviously, yeah. you, when you know what you're doing, you know, you're less scared. I mean, that's what makes improv so scary to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you. you you know, you walk on stage with a couple of people and you're given a suggestion and the lights go out and then the lights come up and and you are this other, you know, this in this situation with these people and you have no idea. But that's how life is, by the way. It, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, but the difference is if you're on stage, you know, you're expected to be somewhat entertaining. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know what? I just go with it. You just be yourself. Like, I feel like, again, it's about... Yeah, if you just be yourself, like I, every time, if I, even when I'm on the yoga mat, if I make a mistake, I make, I laugh with it. I get the, my, my students, they laugh with me, you know, like I had a wardrobe malfunction. My, my, the other day, my, um, my tank top kept rising up when I was in, in my, in yoga class. And so I, I, I wear these, these specific tank tops underneath my shirt because I know that when I'm bending and stuff, I, I'm in front of the class, so when, when other people are in front of the class, I mean, when other people are in the yoga class, their tops are rising up. Nobody's looking at them like they're looking at me. So I buy right, specific yeah. tops to make sure that it doesn't happen. Well, the other day, the top was malfunctioning, and so I'm on, in, on the mat trying to get it to fix it, and I'm just like, oops, wardrobe malfunction, you know, like that, and the class just starts <laughs> laughing, so, you know. Sometimes I just say what's in my head and you and just connect with the people in a natural way. And they're like, yeah, like they loosen up because people are even your audience sometimes is freaking tense. You know, they're like, yes, yes. You know? <laughs> and well, the audience also, you have to, it's hard to remember, but the audience wants to be entertained. They don't want you to fail. Yeah. You know, no, they want no. you to succeed. And, and so they're it's totally not like, you know, you. With, with stand-up comics, that's why I think being a stand-up comic is rough because if you're playing in a room where people are drinking, uh, I'm not sure that everybody there is looking for you to succeed. I'm not sure that's the case. You know, there's somebody, there's always somebody out there. It seems like that wants to attack you, you know, 
Ah. But uh, it's not that that way in improv, though. I mean, in improv, you're, and, you know, be yourself. If I could just be myself in an improv, I'd be probably comfortable. But, you know, sometimes somebody immediately identifies you as their mother from Germany. You know, and you have to (laughs) now speak with a German accent and be somebody you aren't. And you can't get by by being, you know, just laughing it off. You have to... You know, you have to give it a try. <laughs> you have to try to do that. And true. it's terrifying. That's true. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I feel like it, it, we all have this something very unique about us, you know, something that we're able to do. Um, and most of the time it's because of a challenge that we face in life, right? And mm-hmm. then – so we had to, and because we usually have to in stressful times, then it makes it easier yeah. for us to do naturally. So um, your norm becomes what most people are afraid of, but that's your norm, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not so scary for you. But again, we're talking about life beginning at 60. That's a scary thing, right, to be starting over or to be, you know, trying to reinvent yourself um, at that age, you know. But It's just scary. It, it is scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, your your health is so important at that point, you know, because these, you know, if you're, if you don't have, I mean, you know, it got to, people say it all the time, but really, if you don't have your health, you know, they, they say it to you your whole life, but it isn't until you're in that situation and you're, you know, you're, you're in your sixties and you realize, Oh yeah. Posture. My mom used to tell me to stand up straight. Now it's really, you know, it's really hurting my back that I'm not standing up straight, you know, little things like that. Or, you know, some things you don't know until you know. Yeah. Yeah, you, You find those things out. But if you're, you know, if you, if you can, if you have your health or you can get it back, you know, whatever the problem is, if you can work on it and get it back, then, yeah, there's nothing holding you back when you're older. You know, you just, yeah. you just, and, and you're right. You know, you said, this, I'm not sure who, who does the opening uh, prayer and, um, you know, the, um, the thing that you hear at the beginning of your show, who does that? So I did the opening prayer and then we did something different oh, that's today. you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Today yeah, we when also you talk played about... my mom's message as well at the end after we played it first. Um, uh-huh. Life beginning at 60 from my mom. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, the, the recorded, something was recorded, uh, you know, that start, you start, your show started with a recorded message sort of, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, she, she says, uh, talks about how, you you know, your kids are grown up and you don't have that responsibility think about how much of your life is spent dealing with that, you know, and mm-hmm. when that's mm-hmm. gone, when the respons- those particular responsibilities are gone and you don't have to really look out for anybody and you've been in a job you, you don't love for years maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it, and if you have your health and you have enough money at least to get by for a while, it's pretty exciting to to branch out and to step, you know, to step out of your comfort zone and move into something else. It wakes you up. It definitely, it definitely it wakes, wakes you up. up. And, 
<laughs> I imagine that it must also help you to like to to feel alive because yeah. you you've got to get out there. You've got to do something. You've got to step right. out of your comfort zone. Right. And and you know it's not like I it's not like I left television to do something I didn't know how to do. I could play the guitar and mm. sing, and I was pretty right. comfortable doing that on stage. You know, being alone on stage with my guitar and singing other people's songs. So when I started writing my own songs, I had to get the thing. My challenge then was to get over the fear of presenting my own thoughts in songs, you know, and uh, as opposed to singing a Bob Dylan song where I had, a, you know, a lot of confidence in his words, you know, uh, to get up and do my own words. And, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a challenge, but it wasn't that big a challenge. And, uh, so what's the conversation so, that you have with yourself when you when you're you know moving past the fear? I think the biggest one is, and this is going to, I don't well, I don't know how it'll sound, but it's like, um, you know, you you you're giving the audience yourself. It's what it's the only thing you really have. You know, I mean, truthfully, all you really have is who you are. It's like if if I get on stage and I'm and, and let's say the person that was on stage before me, if I'm on, you know, let's say it's an open mic night or something like that. And I, I just followed somebody who's a terrific songwriter, you know, and they they killed, you know, they they just the audience loved them. Uh you can sit there and think, oh, no, what am I going to do? You know, I can't follow that. But what you have that that person doesn't have is you. That's right. And, you know, and so that's a big lesson. That's a huge mm-hmm. lesson to learn. I mean, I, I not, and I didn't learn yes, it until yes. I was in my 60s. You know, I mm. learned it on stage in my 60s. I thought, what do I have? I, I, I have myself. Nobody else has that, you know, and so that's huge, Tracy. My mo, I know it it became my most important moment. I had to, I was doing a show where I was following somebody who was very similar in in terms of ability to me. You know, he was he was a terrific songwriter. He was a better songwriter in my mind to me, but he had a um, and he was a good musician, you know, and. He, and I, I and he was funny. He was writing because I I write some funny songs now and then. And mm-hmm. you know it was like I I didn't want to give the audience more of the same. And I thought, well, I'm not going to give the audience more of the same because right mm-hmm. now they're watching him, and next they're going to be watching me. And that's not the same. Hmm. You know, and they so don't want to see the laughing, same. No, they don't. They they are happy to see something different. That's so huge, yeah, Tracy. Like, um, it, it's one of the things that has really helped me recently. I re- it just clicks. I think it just really just clicks that what you just said. They they don't have you. Um, and one of the big don't try to compete. Don't try to compete. No, it's not, because when you no compete, yeah, there's no competition. You are so in your head. And so yeah. that's what you got to take it as like, what did they do? Like you're, you're, it's not natural. I, I remember some, you know, twice this happened to me. Someone comes into my class 
and they're talking about how great the another yoga instructor is and how funny they are and whatever and all this kind of stuff. And my ego was like, oh, you got to be funny and you got to do this. You got to do this. And I said, no, I'm not doing any of that. I'm naturally funny. If it, if it comes up, you know, I, I can naturally make some people, make, make people laugh. I'm not a comedian, but it happens in my class all the time. Don't try to make it happen. You know, like no. that's, that was really huge for me. And I stopped doing, you know, like the second time, it, the first time it happened, I was mortified that this person was in my class, you know, talking about the next teacher and how she, you know, this, and she's got this. And, and I'm like, what? Then after that, I was like more, anno- like more like annoyed with myself for even thinking about trying to be someone else. And I was just like, no, stop it. Cut it out. You're amazing. And That's just right. having that conversation, um, Right. One of, one of the listeners, she's like, don't come into my class talking about some other teacher. Go to that class. So, yeah, and, and, and ultimately that's what happened. In my head, I kind of had a little conversation with the lady, like, okay, <laughs> then go to that class. Like, and I almost, like, my ego almost made me not try to be at anything remotely like what she described in that class. I mean, right. eventually I did, and people did start laughing at some point in the class. But it was one of my best classes. But for me, it was one of the best lessons. Do not try to compete. And I got so many people coming up to me at the end of the class, like, wow, that was a really great class, because I just stayed in my, in my zone. So right. that's huge. That's yeah. huge. That's a huge thing to realize that, you know, you're giving yourself. And the other great thing to remember is, you know, if you're thinking you're not good enough, <laughs> yeah, I'm giving them myself, but I'm not good enough. You know, that, that thinking, it's, it's, you know, you have to remember that no matter where you are, you, you are the best you can be right now. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. it's like you're going to really get up there and you're going to do the best thing you can the best you can be, and you, there's nothing, you don't have any other thing. That's what you have. I'm me, I and I'm the like, best me that I could be right now. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's exactly. Very relaxing. And I feel like what you're, what you're saying is a way that you're being your own best friend. When you yeah. don't allow, you know, um, someone That's else's that, yeah. Yeah, energy to intimidate you or take you out of being yourself. You've got to do that. Like, what a disservice I would have been being to myself if I would have tried to, you know, measure up. What a disservice That's right. when we, you know, compare ourselves to other people. Like, if this world would be so boring if we were all the same, you know. Well, you're and cheating, you're, cheating your, you're cheating your clients and your audience. and You really are. By not giving them, you know, you. Absolutely. By trying to be something that you're not. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that that's huge for our topic today. That's like one of the the, the biggest lessons that we could share with people is that whatever age you are, like competing is your worst enemy. So, and that's one of the biggest things that happens with people when, when you get to a certain age bracket, you feel like you, you have more people to compete with. But if you eliminate that in your own head and you just say, well, you know, I'm not competing with anybody here. I'm my own thing. I'm bringing my own stuff. And you find your uniqueness factor, then there's an energy that you bring with you that's more powerful than a number. And that's Right. And by the way, one of the problems with that is, especially for older people, is to think, oh, I have to look younger or I have to act younger. No. You, no. you do. You have a certain amount of energy on stage. That's true, 
you have to bring your own energy and hopefully it's, it's you know, you're not going to fall asleep up there, but, <laughs> but the minute you start to, you know, the, and, and, and the, that's where the fear is great. If you're nervous or whatever, if you can treat it, like if you can, you know, turn it into energy on stage, you know, but yes. you don't have to jump around, you know, you know, it's funny to picture the photo you use of me on uh-huh. your website. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one it. moment in my life when I was pretending to look young, sitting around and like, like I was a rock singer. And it's just so funny because that picture has become so useful because it's so funny to me, that picture. It's so rare that I would ever be in that physical position. You know, really like <laughs> rocking out with my, I mean, it's not that I don't smile. I smile a lot on stage. I probably, probably, I mean, I, I, I'm a person who smiles a lot, but uh, that picture is like so funny. I mean, it was a passing moment of, you know, kidding around. I actually love that mm. picture. <laughs> I love it too. It, it's so, it's, it just, it's energizing, you know, in a positive way. So one of the things that, you know, came up for me as we're talking today is having a system that's helped me a Mm -hmm. lot to deal with my fears. You know, one of the things that I do, I'm I'm promoting myself. Like we're all, we're promoting ourselves, but we don't want to sell ourselves. Right. We want to promote and we want to help people. Yeah. (laughs) We want to want people to see the value that we have in our life, but we do have to let, let them know what's available and how they can stay connected with us and all that kind of jazz. So one of yep. the things that really is helpful is to have a system for how you deal with your fear, the things that you're scared to do. Just make it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as an example, um, you know, sharing with people my card at the end of my classes. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little apprehensive about doing it because I don't want to take them out of their Zen space. I don't want people to say, no, they don't want my card. You know, so there's a fear mm-hmm. of rejection, that type of thing. Um, so there's a conversation that comes in my head at the end of the class, like, you know, no, don't do it today. Don't, don't, don't offer the card today. Don't do it today. You know, and I'm like, no, we're doing it. This is a part of the end of the, this is a part of the class. You know, <laughs> like, this is a part of your routine. Let's go. So at the end of the class, I'll just, um, you know, I'll remind people I'm a certified holistic health coach. Um, if you'd like to know more about that, please take my card and sign up for my newsletter. I always say the same thing now every time mm-hmm. so that my mind, I'm programming my mind to understand that it's a part of my routine. So whether or not they do it or not, it doesn't matter to me because I'm, what it is I'm doing is I'm building, I'm self-developing. So it's not about them. It's I make it about me and, um, and, and it's always a practice. Somebody always takes the card, by the way, but um, mm-hmm. there's always somebody new in the class. But it's a proof to myself, like, see, you weren't going to, and sometimes so many people take it, and I just have to remind myself, see, you weren't even going to say it. And look at that. Yeah, and now, the thing you know, is, don't, some... you wonder, <laughs> don't you wonder, though, what you did? What did I do what? that's different what? that 20 people took my card instead of one? What did I do? Uh, Ah, well, well see, different. I, you know, did, like, I did wonder, I did wonder what I did. And that's why I have the same system now, because I, I went home and I assessed what I did different one time where many people took my card. And what it was is I didn't sell. I didn't try to explain to them anything about holistic health coaching. I just, I said, I, I put the honest on them that if they were curious, and people are curious. People are naturally curious. So when I say something like that, like I'm a certified holistic health coach, if you'd like to know more about what that entails, 
take my card and sign up for my newsletter. I'm tapping into their curiosity. They want to know well, what. Also, so you even can, if <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Also, you can just say, you know, if you need, uh, if you need my card, it's on the table. You can do that too. You can do that too. You because can do that's, that too. that's the same thing as tapping into what they need and hasn't got to do with ah. I'd like you to take my card. It's like if you need my card, it's on the table. You know. Yeah. Or if you, so if you don't you need make it about system. you. Right. You don't make it about you and something you want. You make it. You, yeah, you I mean, make them. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm doing uh, when I'm doing a show and I'm doing you know two or three songs and I've brought a bunch of CDs, I make sure, once I choose my songs, I make sure I bring the CD that has those songs on it, if it's one CD, and sometimes it'll be just one CD that has two or three songs I'm doing on it, mm-hmm. and I'll say, I'll just say, uh, you know, if they've really responded to a song, I'll say, I'll say, by the way, the CDs are in the back there, that song is on the CD, uh, and, mm. and this song is, and this song is too, and then do another song from the CD, you know, and, mm, and now they're like, you know, but, and that's it. Because if they've already enjoyed it, because music's different, you know, music is that kind of thing. Like they want to play it for a friend. They want to take it home. They, yeah. you know, they, it's yeah. not, uh, I mean, CDs, of course, are a problem now because of uh, technology. And some people mm-hmm. don't even have CD players anymore. But, you know, uh, or to say to it, you know, you can find it on iTunes. You can stream it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's to, to put to put it to like that they, if they need it, if they want it, rather than um, you know my CDs are in the back, you know, <laughs> like to say this song is this song is back there. This song you can take this song home. How do you like this today. song so much? Take it home. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Yeah. So the the main point, you know, is having have a system, you know, to have how you deal with and connect with your fear about whatever it is that you have. Like you identify where your fear is at, like what where it is and when it usually comes up. And then you create mm-hmm. you create a system for yourself, then it's a part of your it becomes a part of your mental program. You don't have to think about it because that's a lot of times when fear has the opportunity to jump in on you. When you have to analyze, you have to think about what am I going to do? You've got your script already played out for yourself. You have to think about it. You go up there, do the script, boom, you're done. You know, I say what yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah, boy, that's a really good thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a really and then good whoever thing bites, to have a little bite. speech, yeah. Yeah. And have a yeah. prepared for it. So you don't so you don't think, oh, how am I gonna get them to take my card? Nah, you don't think it's, about it's, that. It's, it's, just, no yeah. no thinking. No thinking. Just just being and doing <laughs> and having. That's it. That's the key yeah. to it all. No thinking. Um, so I don't know if this happens to you, Tracy, but <laughs> you asked me about do I get scared when I go on the stage or whatever. No, I don't. It's the after mm-hmm. effect. After I get off stage. Then I'm like, what did I, did I do this right? Did I do this right? You know, so does that happen to you? <laughs> it's the after um, fear. Well, no, I don't have an after fear at all. I'm so relieved okay. usually when I'm done. Yeah, you know, I guess okay. sometimes I'll be, something happens physically after a good show though. It's like okay. a, a kind of uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe you've used so much energy that you're a little depleted and you're and you're shaking in a depleted way. Uh, that's happening. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm so you... older or what it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you we're know, coming to the end of. Go ahead. 
No, go ahead. And I was just going to say, mm-hmm. we talked about uh, so many things, but we didn't, I love that we didn't dwell on my, you know, on my credits. You know how sometimes you keep, you know, we end up having to talk about the same stuff over and over again. I didn't have to do that. And I appreciate that very much. Oh, you know, I love that absolutely. We, that we talked about something different besides what my, you know, all the stuff I've done, because, you know, I know what I've done. So I don't need to right. talk about it. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think but what you've done is amazing. You've been... that if people want to uh, hear the children's music, well, any of my music, obviously, it's TracyNewman.com. But mm-hmm. the children's stuff, you can find it at TracyNewman.com also. But I now have a new uh, website specifically for children's, uh, my children's uh, records, and it's um, Run Along Home is the name of it. Oh, it's named, okay. It's, it's named after a song that I learned when I was a kid. I wonder how many of your listeners have ever heard that song. It's it's something that's like taught, I think it's taught in the Girl Scouts or the Brownies or something like that or the Bluebirds, you know, one of those kinds of things. What's that? It's called, what's the Bluebirds you mean? It's, oh, you mean the song? Yeah. When you said, what's that, do you mean the song? Talking about, you said, there's something that's taught in the Girl Scouts in the brownies. Yeah, the, I'm not sure that the do they still have the brownies and the Girl Scouts and the yes bluebirds absolutely. and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, that's how that's how old I am. That's how far away from school I am. I mean, yeah. I sing in schools and don't even know. I don't even notice whether there's the brownies still. But anyway, it's <laughs> it's a little song. It's like a bedtime song. Run along home and. Uh, so I just decided to name my company Run Along Home, and um, I have a little jingle. I'll sing my little jingle yes. so that people remember that it's Run Along yes. Home. It goes, runalonghome.com, runalonghome.com. If you want to hear Tracy Newman songs, go to runalonghome.com. So, you know, Woo! that's... I love that. Sort of, sort of <laughs> obnoxious, but you know. Um, anyway, there it's really it's a fun little website, and uh-huh. uh, um, I'm really proud of the kids' records. I really am. I'm I'm loving singing to children, and you know, I don't know. It's like a whole. This is a whole new thing, actually. Singing at absolutely it's really really challenging because keep holding the interest of twenty five five year olds. Yeah, that's a challenge. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is beyond anything I've ever had to do, frankly. As anybody but that who works challenge with children, part of it, it energizes you, huh? On some level. Yeah, you know, so you're constantly okay. working in your brain to think what, besides you know, little, little finger play songs. You know, I want to get them so that they're listening to stories, and yes. It's one thing to be reading a story, but singing it is different because it's 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 you know you 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 have the rhythm that you have to stay with. So you're you can't. I mean, yes, you can stop the song and and explain something, or you know you you it, anyway. I I don't know. I don't. We don't need to get into this, but I'm just saying that it, <laughs> I'm finding this to be an interesting new business for me. 
I think it's, and it's amazing. Fun. And and we are still, even though we didn't talk a lot about, you know, your credits, we're still starstruck over here. We are honored that we <laughs> have the opportunity to talk to the writer of According to Jim. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we didn't even because we watched, we, you know, my whole Oh, my gosh, Ellen. Ellen. What? You yeah, wrote for we, Ellen, too? <laughs> for five seasons. I wrote uh, wow. for this, not, not, not for the talk show. For her sitcom, wow! She had a sitcom That's in the nineties called Ellen. Yeah, and I, I my partner and I co-wrote the the coming out episode. Um, we won the Emmy for that. Oh, my partner and I. Get out! Oh my goodness! That's awesome! Yeah, that was a pretty pretty exciting time. That was. <laughs> I bet you're so <laughs> laid back about it. that. Was, that was a pretty exciting time. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, you know, I could talk, we could talk for days and hours even, you know, about, we have so much actually in common, um, and you have shared a lot of wisdom on our show today to help I people so. to understand, you of, did, of being you yourself, did. you know, being, you know, selling your, you know, that you only have yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that was like the, the, the really the main point of our show is don't try to compete, you know, um, especially, you know, when you're a certain age, you know, you don't want to try to compete. And we actually talked about that on another show um, when we were talking about like, you know, when you're at a certain age and you're starting your career over, which is very similar to this topic, but that was one of the main points is that you have to find your uniqueness factor because you do have a great advantage on some level you know, over yes, people. You do. Every, all of us have one advantage, and we have to look for that advantage. So, um, you have to find you. that thing that's unique to you. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Um, so you, we can find all of your songs on um, runalonghome.com, right? Yeah, or on tracynewman.com too. On tracynewman.com. I, yeah. I want to connect with you at another point because I've been I've been writing these little songs, Tracy, for. Um, oh, you mean children's songs? Yeah, for yoga. Well, it's it's like a yoga. It's an interactive one. So um, I've got one about a frog, and he climbs up a mountain. But as he's climbing up the mountain, they're doing the yoga poses. You know, so um, that's the the song is teaching them how to do the yoga poses in the midst of it. It's pretty uh, cute. (laughs) I think you have my email. You have Leanne's email, I think. And you might have my email. Yeah, you should definitely send me if you don't have music for that. And you do have something that's either lyrics or almost lyrics. You should send yep. them to me. Okay, I'm, it's, I'm on, on it. Okay, I'm on it. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you'd like to connect with our audience about today? Um, Before we go, I don't. I I don't know. I I just really mm-hmm. enjoyed this. I hope that it's been I don't know interesting to somebody, and uh, it has. That, uh, you know. Um, Come visit me on my website and write to me. <laughs> yes, we will. We love the Tracy Newman swag. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, all of you out there in our community, thank you for taking the time to listen and connect with us. And remember to go and check out runalonghome.com. Until next time, beautiful people, be well. Today's show was such a blessing. Join us next Sunday, May 5th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we discuss being the message for the next generation. Our guest host will be Jamie Kirkbride. 
To learn more about Jamie, visit her website at www.parentingwithpersonality.com. Until next time, and always beautiful people, be blessed and queens stand up.